All right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Episode number 122. Man, we we have arrived. 122 episodes. Actually, I was looking at the count. With this one, it's actually going to be 126 total episodes. I feel bad. I got a lot of stuff to catch up on, a lot of guys to catch up with. You know, Wolfie, haven't had a chance to talk to him. Luke, same thing. Off-piece adventures. I mean, just so much going on. But we're talking a little bit about that today. I turned down the volume here in my headphones because, oh, man, going deaf. All right. What are we talking about today? It is countdown to the Sonora Rally 2023, round number three of the World Rally Raid Championship. This time, I'm going to go with a little bit of Mexico action. So very, very, very excited to see that just two weeks away. It's going to be some long weeks of prep. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So it, it's interesting. A lot of the teams getting ready, people coming over, starting to get, you know, there's probably things on boats already from a while back ago, still trying to work their way to the port. Stuff going to be on airplanes soon and all sorts of fun stuff. So let's talk a little bit about that. We are working on the Sonora Rally prep today, but this is from the admin side or the rally. I'm going to go with the Rallycom side of it. So we got a lot going on. So this episode, we'll talk a little bit about the back end of rally. I was thinking about like, what, what should we talk about today? You know, I didn't. I've, my time has been so crunched. I haven't had a chance to reach out, sit down, do interviews, stuff like that. So trying to work on that uh shout out to lizzie she is helping me with some of the interview stuff and and lining people up i greatly greatly appreciate that i don't know maybe i may have a guest co-host i mean we've got gnarly dave as a guest co-host he's already done uh, uh in the gnar talks or out in the in the wild with gnarly dave i don't we never really figured out what it was going to be Maybe we'll have to create a poll and see how that uh, how that one goes. But okay, so here we go. So Sonora Rally a couple of weeks away, and it is time to start getting everything ready. It has been a bit of a crunch, and this one is going to be a very very big production this year, as it is now a World Rally Raid Championship round round number three. So, what does that all entail? I'll just turn the music down, turn the party down. It entails a lot. It's actually very interesting. So organizations, right, fluctuate between, you know, what what standards they use to a certain extent. You know, in this one, the big one that is that is coming that's kind of new and nobody really uses is a program called River Notes. Uh, they they design their roadbooks on a whole different program, uh, which works well. And the reason I say that is, is because it's just like, you know, we've talked about previously, like in suspension and things like that. It's like you want to build a relationship. Well, the program that you use to build roadbooks is kind of a relationship. You're going to spend a lot of time in there. You're going to get really quick at making things. You're going to get a, a lot of stuff to do. And the big part about it is, is, is just learning the program in detail so that it just gets faster and faster. So recently, you know, rally navigator within the last, uh, last several months, uh, transitioned to a desktop version that wasn't relying as heavily on, uh, internet connection, which worked, I mean, is, is absolutely the best, uh, especially when you're operating in areas where there's limited Wi-Fi, things like that, you know, it would take a long time to load. So happy to see that they have it, um, you know, as a desktop app, now with you know and just in time for starlink 
now it's not the big a deal as it was before, but still it is very nice. You know, if you need to make an adjustment on the fly, so it's going to be interesting. The big part I'm, you know, there, there's going to be a lot, you know, that, that we're doing. So typically when I go to an event, it is a lot of, you know, admin, there's a lot of little details, a lot of little things that need to happen, you know, riders, uh, with trackers and making sure trackers are, are working and, you know, set up properly, that kind of thing. Um, you know, the tech inspection side of it, making sure that the units are installed correctly. I mean, there, there's a lot of production that goes on to, to putting an event, uh, and, and, you know, chaperoning the riders and things like that. And so, a lot of this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like thinking through my head, like the laundry list of things that need to get done. And it all hinges on, on stuff that, you know, that comes from the organizations that the organizations need to work on, which, you know, the road books, the waypoints, the, the flow of the rally, the exits, the, all of these little moving pieces. And it just kind of this cascading effect, you know, they have the bigger parts, then the little parts start trickling down and, and making sure. And, you know, it's it's one thing, you know, you you look at a road book, you see all of the notes, you see all of the waypoints. Well, those waypoints need to be programmed in uh, to the unit and, you know, encrypted and all of that stuff. And so doing that can sometimes be a little bit of a task. Then you have to go back and double check your work and make sure that every waypoint was accounted for or is accounted for in the unit compared to the road book and making sure that that all lines up speed zones line up that every everything has just got to be double checked you cannot wing it uh and it and it is it is a definite attention to detail it's literally one of those things that if you even have a doubt that you screwed it up and i've done this many a time you know go back over it do not risk it do not chance it because the units are programmed and the riders the rider experience and the the integrity of the results and all of this, everything depends on these things being done, you know, done correctly, you know, and that's just the, that's just getting a program onto a chip and getting them into a unit. You go a lot further than now from there, which is then, you know, okay, well tracking the riders and who's, you know, where is everybody? Where is, um, what are the resources? What can you use? What are the bailout points? You know, there's a lot that goes into that side of it, you know, and making sure that you have, you know, if, if, if there happens to be an issue with the rider, uh, mechanical or otherwise, you know, knowing where they're at, being able to communicate with them effectively, you know, you, you have to have some forethought in messages that you send and things like that to make sure that you communicate as quickly and effectively as possible. So there's a lot that goes on once, once the show's on the road, once people leave the bivouac, you know, it might be kind of calm in the bivouac and people just kind of hanging out, but there's a whole production going on, you know, that's keeping track of all the riders constantly sweeping, you know, how long has this rider been stopped for? Okay. It's time to send them a message. All right. What's going on? Uh, we can verify, or you got an alert or they sent a message. Now you've got to coordinate all this other stuff. And then, then you know, in this, in this particular case, right, we're dropping in that there's a whole organization that's coming from across the pond that operates, you know, on different, uh, coordinate format. Uh, they have a different format, uh, for naming of their units of the medical units or org vehicles and things like that. So there's, there's a lot of like quick growing pains. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces in short order, and so it really does turn into, I mean, it, it really is an exercise in 
in being meticulous and also uh, being flexible. You know, that that's one of the things, you know, then then you have things where uh, roadbook goes out, gets verified, and then there's a change that needs to happen. You know, a, a fence went up, uh, uh, something happened, you know, a, a flash flood and it wiped out this roadbook that, you know, across that two weeks ago was fine. But now there's a huge water crossing through there and now it could be issues. And so there, there's a lot of little moving pieces that have to happen, you know, and, and this is every roadbook every single day, every single note has to be in in a sense accounted for so not even not even the waypoints now you go back and do the notes so it gives you know there's a lot of respect for the people that that create the road books and that go out and and it really is an art form you know it really really is an involved thing when it comes to a professional level event now i'm i'm going to be working on a, a couple of different things but uh, namely it's to continue the journey of, you know, getting more people into rally and, and creating an easy, you know, easy to digest, easy route, you know, just looking for the easy button for as much of this sport that we can do that will make things effectively, you know, and starting with the equipment, you know, and starting with how to create a route, you know, that's one of the first things, you know, is usually question number two is like, okay, well, how do I get started? Okay, well, you need this, this and this for your road books. Okay, how do I get road books? That is literally the second question. A lot of people ask, and I get a lot of emails with that kind of, you know, request. It's like, okay, well, how do I do this? So I have some ideas, you know, and, it, and all it takes is time, right? And unfortunately, it doesn't grow on trees, and there's no way to get it back. You know, it's one of the most expensive things you will ever uh, trade borrow, buy, whatever. It just, time is just one of those things. And so trying to get everything put together and then ready. I mean, I, today, literally I'm on, you know, on the microphone bright and early in the morning, trying to get this episode uh, done or getting this episode done because I, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I got to get consistent. I want to go back to this like 10 AM on Sundays, right? You guys are having your morning coffee. I'm having my morning coffee. Uh, speaking of which. So you get into all of these little routines and all of these little things. And if you guys heard the episode of, you know, packing for adventure and, and getting ready to go out to an adventure, I, I pack in the same manner, whether it's my car, whether it's the bike or whatever it is, is like, I think through the things that I'm going to need. Okay. I'm going to have a table inside the course control office that I will be able to do tracking. And that's going to be my home. So what does that look like in my head? You know, I have laptop, a spare, you know, an, an additional monitor, the iPad. Okay. I need, you know, do I need a keyboard? Do I need a mouse? Do I need extra batteries? Do I need, what cables do I need? Okay. If that cable fails, what's the cable that I can use? You know, wh what are my backup plans? What are my things? So everything is accounted for and everything is done in a way that it works effectively. Nothing extra that doesn't need to be like, that doesn't have a very specific purpose. You know, there's, you know, you can say, oh, you can carry all of these spares. Yeah, you can carry all of these spares. But in the end of the day, there are certain things that you're just really not going to need. And or you have things that will serve as dual purpose. Right. I had the, you know, so let, you know, let's just go like the macro look at this charging my laptop. Well, charging my laptop was one charger and then the power 
cable for this additional monitor was another one. And then now the iPad would probably need another one. I mean, you can run it off the battery for a while, right? And, and do that. But okay, well, how do I eliminate three different chargers? Well, you can go buy like from Anchor, you can get one of these like power bricks that's like 200 watts. You know, this is gnarly little thing, but it has a port for charging a laptop. It has two USB ports. So that handles the iPad and it handles the spare monitor done problem solved one thing handles all three so it's it's just kind of thinking through things right and and again this is like more admin stuff you know but if you're on a bike it's the same thing you know do i carry spare clutch discs or do i carry some leather shoelaces you know what are you what are you really trying to to achieve you know and in case of emergency right you don't need a compression tester out in the middle of nowhere but you know a spark plug would be handy um, you know, you might need different things, you know, maybe, maybe a fuel injector, maybe you may not ever need it, but it's one of those things that's mission critical. You know, if you, if you look at it and, and something I'll, I'll be curious to try is the, uh, like the Takamoto, uh, fuel pump, you know, the, the fuel pump that I have right now in the 501, um, you know, it's, I'm going to assume it's, it's been in there a while, you know, 300 plus hours. And I think that, you know, maybe it's, it's time to put another pump in it you know, get another fuel pump set up and just get it. And Hey, I know this thing works and I'm going to put it away working, you know? And so I want to make sure that what I have in the bike is solid because the quickest way to end your day is yeah, a fuel pump that fails, a fuel injector that fails, you know, something along those lines. So it's very critical whether you're riding or whether you're in the back end and you think through the things that you need, you know, my power setup, I, I it's funny. I, I one of the things that I thought was kind of like common, but I get a lot of questions about how I am generating power at the bivouac and, and people see it, you know, they hang out, you know, they, when I'm out on the bivouac and doing tracking, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that a lot of people want to talk to because they want to know where the riders are at. They want to know who's up front, you know, they want to know all of these things and, you know, it, and it's cool. All, but a lot of the things that, you know, the people will see is like, well, what's the, all this? And, you know, yeah, I use, I use a solar panel. I use a, Basically, it's a solar generator, right? It's a it's a panel that I attach to a battery pack. That battery pack has the inverter, has all of the stuff that I need, and then it powers the things that I need. And it's calculated and it works. You know, I can power my Starlink. I can power the fridge and and I need power for my laptop and a couple of devices. You know, not a whole lot of room to spare, but it handles everything that I need. And depending on the event, you know, I have a spare battery that I can hook up because Sometimes you're going to go far beyond sunset and then it becomes, you know, it's like, okay, well, how much power do I have to go into the night? Well, yeah, I could get a generator, but now I got to bring gas and now I got to bring a gas can. Well, you know, how, how do you account for all of that? And yeah, that would probably be the better thing, but, uh, or in a, in a sense more reliable, but honestly I can do what I need, um, with this setup. And it's kind of like, almost like, Hey, I, I only got two hours of battery left, so we're either moving or we're getting this done. So let's, you know, let's roll. Can't waste time. So all of these things work in a way that, you know, work in conjunction with each other and everything is, like I said, is accounted for. And I think that's the biggest part of it. And so, so now, you know, now begins that process, right? So today, you know, it's, it's cleaning the garage, but now it's getting, uh, getting all of these things set up and, you know, practice packing the car. I was talking to my dad yesterday and it's like, you know, just like how I did for Sonora rally school is, mock everything up, you know, get everything in there. Okay. The platform's done everything that I need. Okay. Where's the table? Where's the chairs? Where's everything? Okay. Let's put everything. This is everything that's going. Let's get it in the car now. <clears throat> Make sure that it's, it's set and then, okay, 
pull it all out. All right. I know where everything goes. I already played Tetris and, and yeah. And I mean, it shows, you know, when we, when I, it came time to load the car, I was literally done in 10 minutes. And when it came time to unload the car, when we got back from Sonora Raleigh school, it was literally 10 minutes. So everything is, like I said, is everything is accounted for and works out in a way that, um, that, Hey all this is Victor with the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Super quick. I have been using the counter shocks now for about six months on my bikes, and it is an absolute go-to. Super quick and easy to install. Four bolts, and it is on the bike and ready to go. It has helped reduce the vibrations on the handlebars, the fatigue in my hands, and all of those hard hits is just making the bike track a lot better. So I absolutely love that thing. Check it out. Link is in the description. Countershocks.com. Is how do you, you know, it's like, how do you think it's like, it's crazy because sometimes I feel like, you know, I, in talking to people and doing that stuff that they operate differently and, you know, things get forgotten and not that, I, you know, I'm guilty of forgetting things and doing all that stuff. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, wait, how do you, how do people go about, you know, sometimes packing things, preparing for an adventure, seeing through planning this stuff. And I mean, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a life thing, right? You think like, okay, well, you got to have a game plan. You got to have some sort of a plan. You got to have some sort of a picture out on the horizon that you're shooting for. And now it's like, okay, well, how do I execute and get there? And I mean, and and this is no different, you know, on the ad, you know, from the admin side of it, you know, and I don't know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting thing, right? Trying to get everything ready and, and just make sure that when you get down there, you're not like, damn it, I really need this. And I really don't have this. And this is not good. You know, because then you're scrambling, then you're trying to figure this stuff out and it just does not work. And so I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm up for the challenge. I, I want to even go out and, you know, I would love to go ride today, you know, and, and just, you know, it's Easter Sunday, you know, spend some time out in the wild and, uh, and then spend some time with family and, and, you know, and just chill, you know, but you, I think about all of these things that are going on, you know, there's meetings that are coming up, you know, that are during the week and, you know, dealing with two times, two very different time zones. So it's like, I'm at work and I got to try and figure out how to get onto these calls and do these kind of things. And so it really does generate a lot of work. You know, it's a very, very big production. And I mean, and somebody prepping for a rally, right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, to know like, okay, well, for somebody else, you know, if it's somebody like Mason or somebody like Skylar house or, or Ricky Brabeck, any of the guys running this, you know, running this rally, including, you know, in the, in the national class or uh rally to any, anybody, you know, it's like, okay, where are we going? Like, what's the preparation? Like, what does it take? What, you know, what are the different stories, right? What are the two different sides of this that, that is involved with going to a rally raid because it's very different. You know, in my mind, you know, I'm getting a bike ready. It was like I was getting ready for SoCal rally uh, several weeks back. And it's like, okay, start at the front of the bike, go to the back of the bike. You know, is everything in the best possible shape that it can be in? Is everything properly tightened? Is everything properly adjusted? Is everything, you know, is everything where it needs to be? Because I don't want problems. And, and it's usually the one thing that you forget, like, Hey, you know, I, I took apart the clamps. I did all this stuff, uh, but I didn't go back and I didn't check the torque on the bearings. And so now I'm at, you know, at the end of day one, I'm feeling a little bit of a clicking and I'm like, uh, I know this feeling I've ridden a bike before that's got loose steering head bearings. And I can tell that this thing has that. And sure enough, at the end of day one, I go put it up in the rack and then I start pulling on the forks and there it is. I got this gnarly click coming out of it. And I'm like, what, well, what happened? Well, that was me. 
taking it apart, greasing the bearings, doing all of this stuff, but then not taking the time to go back and revisit the work after the first ride. And so I paid for that. And I, you know, now it's, you know, you're more conscious of it. So there's detail. It's just all about the details in, in the sport. And, you know, I, for the people that are new and that are listening to this, uh, you know, this is the, a several years down the road kind of thing. So if you're looking to get into the rally sport and into this whole thing, you got to take it, you know, a little bite at a time and a, and a little thing. And the big part about it is, is that, you know, it, I'll, I'll go to something that, that was actually kind of interesting. It, this was a, a, I don't know, a few years. It like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have a TikTok account and I watch TikTok videos and I got a few in there and it was just me basically bullshitting and it's nothing, you know, nothing crazy, right? But what you get out of it is what you, the algorithm, right? You know, that algorithm and watching and, and what you see. The majority of my feed on TikTok is literally like, um, business ideas. Uh, it's photo creative stuff. It's, you know, video creative stuff, that kind of thing that I see. But I also in the business ideas and stuff like that, I get other, you know, other information, other ideas that it's like kind of like motivating. And I think that that's a very big, you know, a very big deal. It's like, if you are trying to create something you need to have an idea of like, okay, what is the minimum viable product? This is crazy. I didn't, you know, this episode is kind of a different, you know, kind of a different thing. Cause I've just got so much organization stuff. So by me talking about it, it kind of like I'm weeding through everything with you guys. And it's like the minimum viable product, right? So minimum viable product is basically saying, okay, what is the very basic thing that I can do to get it out into the field and get out into the world? you know, and get out. And so a road book, you know, what is the minimum viable product of a road book? Well, if it really is, if you really, really, really just chop it down, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a video on it because I'm going to go out and do one here just to show some basics of how to make a road book and how I would best approach it. Okay. Go out and write it, go out and mark some waypoints, you know, mark them on your, uh, mark them on the calendar, drop a pin, you know, for, for special features and stuff like that, come back, put it in rally navigator, and then just put turns. Don't worry about decorating the thing and putting all of this stuff, or if you want to, you know, to kind of make it cool. Yeah. And just, but you could literally write a road book. A very basic road book can be done literally with just the first two boxes. You don't need to put anything in the third box. You could, if you want, you know, put some notes and stuff like that, but you don't, you know, the minimum viable product for a road book is literally just the kilometers and then the arrows in the center you know, and just kind of depicting, oh, that's a left turn or that's a right turn. Or there's very, very basic things that you can get away with that, that is a roadblock. I mean, you, a lot of the stuff was handwritten in the beginning, you know, make a left at this third bush or whatever, you know, it's, it's just like one of these things that it, it just is kind of evolved. And what we see now in a roadbook, like, of course you look at a Dakar roadbook and, you know, as people progress, things get more complicated. And so, the roadbooks of the past were very, very easy. And so then people were able to start navigating faster and faster and faster. And then, then you brought in the map men and then you brought in things, um, that would, you know, hand you hand somebody a roadbook and you got an idea of where the liaison starts and they would literally draw you a line and then they would come back with, okay, at this note, just go straight for 20 kilometers and then you'll be back on course again. 
you know, and you won't uh, miss a waypoint or you missed a waypoint, but you know, instead of traveling an hour out of the way, you're only going to pick up a 20 minute penalty or whatever. You know, I, I don't know that they would play with fire on missing waypoints and stuff like that, but uh, I, you know, I know that in score with the VCPs, I know that I know there's people that do that, that they weigh that option. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to get a 10 minute penalty if I don't go see this waypoint or I don't go meet this waypoint. Uh, but I know I can make up 15 minutes, so I'm going to net five minutes by taking this shortcut, things like that. Right. And that's kind of like, well, it kind of ruins it. And that's the thing with rally is, is that, and why the rules and why things have progressed and changed is because, you know, Hey, these guys are getting really good at doing this. So, okay, well, how do we start beating that? Well, fast forward, you get your roadbook 15 minutes before you leave. And there's no markings and there's no other thing because then they were finding out that people were like, okay, you know, kind of drawing the lines and, and it is possible. You, you, you think that it's not a, uh, a thing, but you could sit there and look and visualize the road book. And then you start picking up on little things like, you know, wait, it looks like we're going to go out and then back and I don't see any waypoints, but then we have this main road. I bet you this main road continues. So if I don't do that section, I'm going to save some time there. It's no different than when you see that a left turn is coming up and then you can kind of see where the other rider's at. You just kind of cutting the course, cutting way to the inside. That was 30 seconds that you may be saved or a minute. I don't know. You know, it just depends how much of that you, you how much of a, a bite off that corner you took. It just really depends. So that that goes into the more like more advanced stuff. And so now you see, you know, some of the road book uh, road books coming out of the Dakar and some of these other organizations and it's like super complicated that they put like three notes into one, you know, and and different directions. It's like, OK, well, at one thirty seven dot two, you're going to make a turn. You're going to be on this cap heading, you know, and then after five hundred meters switch to this cap heading, you know, and then it's got, you know, some other kind of indic- uh, indicator in there. And so they're really focusing on trying to make the notes and a little more complicated and then slow the riders down a little bit, which, you know, I get, you know, things like, you know, putting on a a 160 kilometer per hour speed limit across the entire event. You know, there, there's a lot of things that, that come up that will, that I will say that we've progressed and rally riders are obviously getting faster you know, the technology has improved. There's so many things that have gone to it. But if you want to go down that rabbit hole, you can absolutely do it. But if you're just getting into this, think about, you know, my, my recommendation is think about the minimum viable product. Keep that term in your head. And I, I love that term because it's like, okay, in rally, my, you guys are going to see this coming up. You know, I, I worked with Matthew Glade at Rally Moto Shop. He was able to get me a couple of uh, mounting plates for... Uh, for my rally setup. And I am really so I am really, really, really focused on a rally light setup and coming up with something that is super easy to install on the bike and take off of the bike. That's very that's minimally invasive. That's not, you know, because that's the thing is like there's a lot of people, you know, I've talked to a few people. There's a lot of people that, you know, like I want to get into rally right. And then they start seeing towers and they're and you get decision paralysis, right? Moto minded makes a badass, you know, rally tower. And then you've got, you know, Raid Garage. I have both. You know, I have the Raid Garage uh, tower on the 790. I've got the uh, Moto Minded tower waiting to be installed on the 501 after I'm done with this Rally Light stuff. And so it's like, okay, how, like, what, what are the things that need to be done so that you can get out into the sport? And 
okay, what's the basic equipment? You know, you, do you really need a, uh, an electronic roadbook reader or, or a motorized roadbook reader? You know, if you're just getting into the sport, you know, or could you just, you know, go with a, a, a kind of a mid-level uh, manual roadbook holder and just make it happen, right? You know, if you're just going to go ride recreationally, do I need, you know, do I need an ICO and a cap? You know, do I need two ICOs? Do I need uh, two of the RNS electronic units? You know, the GFXs. Do I need two of those? Do I really need, just need one? You know, what are the things? What are the just the basic? What's the minimal viable minimum viable product to get into to get into the sport? And just like anybody, if you have shiny object syndrome, I, this episode, you know, this whole part of the conversation is just, you know, you and I are on the same page. If, if you're into the, into the shiny object syndrome, I, you know, I'm, I'm guilty. I see something, I'm like, ooh, I, you know, I, can, I can justify why I need it, you know, and why it's not a, really a want. But, you know, these are the situations that I make up in my head that, that say, okay, yeah, I, that's why I need this. That's not, you know, I don't want it, I need it, you know. And so it becomes one of those things like, okay, well, you got to throttle it back. You got to say, okay. If I want to get into this, I don't want to spend a lot of money because what if I don't like it? And, I'm, and I'm, spoiler alert is you just get hooked. You know, I went out and I rode the SoCal Rally. Uh, it was my second and third road books out there. And, you know, aside from realizing that I needed to work on my form and my riding, you know, my riding pace and making the bike just a little bit more comfortable, which I, I was talking to my dad about this is like I really enjoy the idea, the the practice of taking a bike, putting it on the stand and then just starting from the front axle and going all the way back and just working on things and making sure, okay, is this the best that it could be? Am I missing something? Does it need something? You know, what are the things? Is it properly tightened? Is it properly adjusted? Is there no binding? Is there this, you know, how are the wires ran? Okay. What connections are we using? You know, I don't use crimp connectors. I solder everything. I put shrink tube. I make sure the connections are dialed. All of these little things, you know, I enjoy that process of it. So, and it's the same, you know, if you're looking at getting into rally, it's like, okay, well, you can start all the way at the top and just like, you know, go, uh, you know, now that the Cove bike rally bikes are going to start becoming available here in the U S you could literally go put a deposit down on a brand new bike, a brand new rally bike. You could get the pro one. That's got all the rally stuff ready to go, you know, and then go run and race that around. Or you can start, you know, with the bike that you have in the garage. And that's, you know, could I have looked for a, you know, FE 350 and gone to, uh, you know, gone that route, go get an FE 350 brand new bike and then come home, set it up and start doing it. Like, uh, yeah. But, you know, the amount of money that goes into that, uh, you know, into that bike and sending that up, well, that's really not the thing. You know, we a lot of us have used bikes laying around or bikes that we've been riding for a while that you could literally turn into a rally bike without a whole lot of work, you know? And then the thing is, is that like in, in talking to one of the guys at work is, you know, do you really want to convert that bike all the way over? It's like, you know, a lot of guys race Heron hounds and stuff like that. Well, the Heron hounds, they know they're coming around, so they only need so much gas. So they only need a certain size tank, you know, just barely bigger than stock. But for somebody that's racing rally, you know, you're thinking like, well, man, I got to make, you know, 200 miles. So I got to have, you know, the, the, the 5.6 gallon tank, you know, I might even carry a mouthful of gas if I need to, you know? And so there's different mentalities. There's different things because the bikes are designed for different purposes. They're built for different purposes. But if you can do 
with what you have already and get out into it. And, and this is like, I, I there's going to be a spoiler episode. There's going to be an episode coming that has all of this stuff laid out because I'm really, really dead set on this. I'm working uh, on a couple of different projects that are moving slowly, you know, towards the finish line. And the idea is, is, is exactly that is like, Hey, minimum viable product, right? Minimum investment, minimum, not as, you know, minimum intrusion into the current bike that you already have, you know, that's already dialed, that you've already done all of this stuff, just basics, right? Yeah. Is it going to be like a hundred percent dialed for racing? And it's going to be the, no, but you know, why are you going to set up a race bike and turn it into a rally race bike? If you're not even sure if you're going to like the sport. And I mean, and, and I'll tell you right now, if you try it, and that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier is like, once you try it and once you get it, you just get even more hooked with it, you know? And I think that that really makes a difference and it's not, it is very competitive, but it is also a chess game. You know, it's not about going as fast as you can, as long as you can, you know, and just sending it, you know, and, and your strategy involves, you know, what sections, where are you going to pass, you know, your fuel strategy, your, you know, it doesn't involve that, you know, it's, it's a bit different. You know, you have a lot of notes, you have mistakes that can happen and all that. And it's, and it really levels out the playing field. So I think that it definitely is, is, is the future sport. Right. And, and we've, we've talked about this. We already know all about this. We've, there's plenty of episodes that we've done on this. There's plenty of information out there, how, you know, rally is the future. Uh, and, and I believe it is. And the more people that try it, and especially if we get a good recipe, solid recipe going for getting people into the sport and getting into this whole thing, it is going to be that much better. You know, I think that much more interest is going to come to it. And yeah, maybe we'll, we'll put our own spin on it. You know, I got some ideas, you know, maybe we'll do it our own way. You know, and it's not going to be full on professional FIM, you know, kind of deal, but you know what? at the end of the day, there's people behind road books and they're out having fun and they're out having fun with their buddies, you know? And it's, it's like at SoCal rally. There's, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not a race, you know, it, it's just a thing. A bunch of guys like rally, they're all out there and you know, there's, you know, okay, we'll go all, all I'm leaving here in 20 minutes. You go now and I'll leave in 20, you know, or, or I'll leave in 10, you know, space it out, you know, so people can, can ride their own road book and they're not, you know, playing follow the leader. Or some people, you know, want to ride in a group. That's total. I've seen everything. I've seen all of that, you know, happen at, at Baharelli. <laughs> Shit, I've had guys that, you know, like, yeah, I stopped to take pictures, you know, eh, I stopped for a couple of smoke breaks, you know, it's very different and everybody does rally for different things. You know, the challenge of navigating as quickly as possible and being the fastest navigator rider on the road, you know, hey, th- there's people that want to do that. You know what? There's people that want to go take the tour, you know, they want to go take the ride. You know, go out, get lost, follow this thing. I mean, there is a very, there's a very big sense of accomplishment that comes every single note. Because when you get to the next note and you're on point, then that means that the last decisions that you made, the last decision at the last note that you made was correct. And you get that validation and you get that little hit of, you know, gratification. And all right, cool. You know, I got it, you know. And then the roadbook I'm staring at in front of me has got 227 of those. So is it hard? Uh, you know what, you're going to get lost at some point, but if you're riding with people, you know, you could go, or you can go back and stretch it out or, or you can go look forward in the road book. There's, there's a lot of different strategies to it, you know, that you pick up as you move, you know, as you go along, you know, I learned at SoCal rally, you know, gnarly Dave, I, I learned a, a, a very important lesson on looking forward in the road book, 
you know, I'm busy going backwards trying to retrace my steps. And then he says, well, you know, you realize if you look forward, you're going to see that that hill that's in front of us is, is in the road book, right? You know, and then you see that when you get to the top of it, you know, ride to the top of it. And then, you know, oh, okay, well, here's this trail. And oh, this makes sense. So all I had to do was scroll up a couple notes and I would have seen it, right? Three notes that you can see. If I literally would have moved it up at least one note, I would have seen that there was a arrow for up for an uphill. Instead, I wasted five, 10 minutes going back. So I learned an important lesson by looking forward. And then later on that very next day, I put it into practice and was able to cut out a few kilometers or a kilometer out of the route because I looked forward. So it's one of those things that you just kind of like you develop your recipe talking to Mason, right? And like, I would get so excited that I nailed a note that I would just ride, you know, all right, cool. I made the turn, you know, off we go. And then I'm riding along and then I'm going, wait, I don't even know where I'm going next. And I then just like slow down, look at the note. And then I'm talking to Mason about it. He goes, yeah, you got to, you have to do it while you're riding slow, right? So you got the note, cool. Before you speed up, look at the next note, make sure you know where you're going and then, and then go. Meanwhile, you know, I'm trying to do my best impression of, you know, Skylar, Skylar Hauser, Johnny Camel, you know, slide the bike a little, you know, put a little bit of flare, you know, sprinkle a little bit of flare in there. Uh, Never mind. I'm just kidding. I, I don't have that kind of talent, but you know, I'm so focused and, and just got that hit, you know, of like, yeah, I did it. You know, this is the note. I've arrived. Cool. We're on it. Awesome. You know? And, and then again, some of the stuff that they had us riding, it's like just these huge landscapes. And I mean, there, there was a section there and it just, you just want to pin it. You just want to see how fast this thing will go, you know? And it just absolutely beautiful. And it's one of those things like you get sucked into it and you just don't realize that, you know, Oh wait, I don't even know where I'm supposed to be heading next. And then, you know, and, and then there is the times that you do and I, and, and I did it. And, and this is where I learned, you know, it's interesting, right? I've, I've been doing, and, and if you guys heard the last episode, right, there were certain things that I've picked up from doing different classes, watching different videos, things like that. And it was the time that I realized like, okay, without trying, I already, my body is already starting to do this. And that was when I'm at on the straightaway, long straightaway, wide open. I mean, we're just going as fast as the bike will go comfortable. I'm not pinned, but you know, we're, we're up there. And as I look down to verify, because I know I've got a turn coming up that's supposed to be coming up. As I look down, I just catch that the odometer turned right at that note. And I mean, I just like out of the corner of my eye, I just saw the trail blow by. I'm like, Oh, missed it. You know, you get sucked into the scenery and then just that moment. And then you forget that you were going to have to navigate in a second. And so I get, you know, I'm, I'm up on the pegs, you know, flat back, you know, trying to be quote unquote aerodynamic, uh, look good for the camera that isn't there and jump up and then nail the brakes and then slide the bike right? Just kind of slide and get to a stop as fast as I can, right? Grabbing the front brake, you know, doing everything, you know. And I realize that now it's like, this is something that I learned on the adventure bike when I went and did the off-road smart school uh, several months back with Jose Carrasco down in Rosarito. It's like, look, and you know, he would have me, you know, one of the drills was, okay, come up to this line, hit the brakes as hard as you can, stop the bike as fast as you can and no ABS and the bike would be sideways. And it was like, okay, 
if it's sideways, this is what you're told is, is usually as your foot positioning is off and you're leaning a little, you're putting a little more pressure on a certain peg and that's what's causing the bike to skid in that direction. And I mean, this thing, I mean, I got on the binders and, and this thing was like straight as an arrow. I didn't think that could happen. And I realized now that I'm like, holy hell, without thinking, it just happened. So that's something that speaks to having, you know, okay, the training and going and, and it's kind of the craft of it, right? Riding a, riding a dirt bike, I think is dangerous. And sometimes I think it's like, okay, well, what if I went and got a UTV or what if I went and got a quad? You know, I would love to see quads start in on this. And I, <laughs> I just lost half the listeners that are interested in motorcycles only. But the main thing is, is that it's, it's about rally and getting people into rally. And so that I, I've thought about that. I'm like, okay, well, what about just building one up, right? You know, just go grab one with a desert tank and do all that, put some nav equipment on some handlebars and then just go have fun. You know, if you've never slid a quad around power, slid a quad, you know, into a corner, I mean, just full send. Um, yeah, that is a lot of fun. Not going to lie. I can't do it on a dirt bike I'd high side and I'd still be in orbit. But at the end of the day, it's it's just about going out and having fun. And so I'm not going to knock anybody for riding a quad or, or being in a UTV or in a golf cart. I do. I will say, though, in the golf carts, there's lessons to be learned. And if you're if you're into the UTVs and all that stuff, and, and I'm telling you now that. Take time and practice controlling the car, practice car control so much i can't i cannot stress it enough and i can tell you right now if you're riding around in a, in a stock roll cage you're asking for trouble so that's my that's my utv speech you know practice car control make sure you got a decent roll cage on the thing because things will come at you by surprise and it's not going to be a good thing window nets you know five point seat belt and and a real roll cage you know, the stock roll cages are meant for those slow tip overs. They are not meant for rollovers at speed. They're supposed to be quote unquote crash tested. I have yet to see a, a video or a aftermath photos where I say, oh yeah, that, that, you know, okay. That cage was good. It's not. So I guess we could wrap that into the details, right? Start at everything. Start at the front wheels, go to the back wheels and everything in between. I don't know. There's a lot that can be done. But at the end of the day, the big thing is, is that if you're thinking about getting into rallying, you're thinking about getting into this, I'll tell you now, there's a lot of moving pieces. It is a rabbit hole that you could go down and never find the end of. But at the end of that is a lot of adventure and experience. And there's just so much that you gain out of this sport, which is absolutely awesome that the focus has got to be on the beginning of it. And what's that term? I'll give you guys a second. Okay. Yes. Minimum viable product. So that's what we got to be thinking. So if you're looking into rally guys, reach out. There's a ton of great people. Rally riders in North America, Facebook group. There's a lot of stuff that you can do to get into the sport. And a lot of people that are, that are willing to help, you know, with, with information and and help point you in the right direction. But the big thing you got to be thinking, if you're looking at getting into this is like, okay, what's the minimum stuff that I need to get into the sport and just do it. And there's a lot. And then you can and then just start getting fancy from there because nine out of 10 times where you start, you can just build upon. It's not like you have to scrap the whole project. So with that being said, guys, I got to get in the garage. 
it is time. We got some, uh, <laughs> got some cleaning to do. I got a quick road book that I want to make some videos that I got to do. I'd love to go out and ride and enjoy. It's uh, finally 70 degrees outside, which is awesome for riding. So I'm looking forward to all of this. So anyway, with that being said, remember it'll make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. Bye.